the ability to shift your perspective and question what you know so that you can seek the answers that you don't know. Not just about completely opening your mind to everything that's out there. You know, you do have limits. Religion and spirituality are really good examples of this. It's not woo-woo, it's not fluffy, and it's not pretty. But it's real and it's, it's something that you can actually work towards doing. Hey there, welcome to With a Shadow of Doubt. I'm your host, Sarah. Today we're exploring how social media, specifically witchy Instagram, can alter our perceptions of ourselves and our own practice, as well as what we think of others on the platform. I'm going to bring my co-host Ethan into this and we're going to get right into it. Hey, Ethan. Hey, Sarah. Thanks for joining me for this one today. No problem. Happy to be here. So we have a pretty huge topic to talk about today, and it's all about the online witchcraft community, specifically Instagram is the one that we're going to we're going to talk about today. All right, well, that's uh, mostly your wheelhouse, but I'll try to contribute some some of my personal experiences to it. Yeah, and I think like based on our education, so Ethan and I met in college, and so we have the same, or I guess similar background in uh, sort of graphic design, photography, marketing, branding, that sort of realm. So I think we have an interesting perspective to bring to this topic today. Yeah, definitely. So today we're going to talk about how it feels as a new practitioner when looking at these big accounts with like super professional looking photos that sometimes it's difficult not to seem like they set the standard for what it means to be a witch on Instagram. Um, And then we're also going to get into the different ways in which someone might compare themselves to other witchy accounts they follow. So this could be everything from their photos, how often they post, their aesthetic, what their photos look like, how many followers they have and all the way to, you know, if you don't believe in this or if you don't perform this way or are critical of this, then your practice as a witch is not legitimate. And then from there, we're going to kind of wrap it up into talking about the way that online spaces can skew our perceptions of others, our development, our self-worth and influence the way we think our practice needs to be. So I had posed a question box on my Instagram stories a while ago, and it was an ask me anything. And one of the questions that I got was, how long have you been practicing witchcraft for? And I answered, honestly, I said, it's been close to two years that I dabbled in Druidry. Kind of before college, I was really interested in it. And then as I got busy with school, that kind of tapered off. And so it hasn't been until two years prior to now that I've gotten into witchcraft specifically. And I guess she was really surprised by it. And she, we went on to have a conversation about how uh, it, it seemed like I was really knowledgeable in what I was talking about and really consistent in my practice, I guess, because I post frequently. And so we had a really good conversation about that. And it got, it got you thinking? 
<laughs> got me thinking. Yeah, it got me thinking. Uh, I was like, well, you know, this is probably she she is probably not the only one that thinks this when they look at my stuff. And that's probably something that I should consider. I hadn't ever really engaged, like commented, liked in online spaces. So it was something that was very foreign to me. I had never really participated in any sort of online community. And still, when I had first posted, I think my first post was July last year. And I just kind of came on and I was tootling on and I was like, okay, well, here's some some crystals and some some witchy books and here's a nice looking cup of coffee and I'm holding some lights, stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, I was just kind of trying to like feel out um, this space a little bit more because I knew that it existed, but I was kind of like a grandma on Instagram to start with. Like I really felt that way. I was like, I'm not really sure what I'm doing here, but here's some photos. And from the start, like I always knew Instagram was a very like visual platform, like full of beautiful pictures. So I was like, okay, well, I really love photography. Like it's, it's a part of um, my education. So it's really fun to like take photos, set up nice photos and then post them. And like with the edits and everything too, like that's, that's a really fun part, I think. So from the start of my Instagram, like you can go back to my very first post and everything from that, like it's very aesthetic. I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. And, you know, it's, it's fun as a creative person to do that. But I had never actually thought that by doing that, it could come off as, uh, I guess, being misleading. I had never really considered that until I've had these conversations now with people that I've become friends with in these spaces. And so that's really got me thinking to basically what this whole episode is about. So to follow up on that, I had been having conversations over the past week with a few different people about their thoughts on this. Um, you know, just how like it looks like some accounts post a lot of stuff, but maybe don't actually practice that much. Um, so like I said, I had a lot of conversations, which were really enlightening this past week. And the first person that I had talked to about this was kind enough to let me share her words, uh, just kind of her perception when she was coming on to this online witchy space and how she felt. So I'm going to read the little paragraph that she gave me on her experience. So she said, when I left evangelicalism and embraced witchcraft, what was so wonderful about all of that for me was the supposed lack of very strict rules and outward appearance and standards. So even though I still felt really new, and I still do, I started to feel the same kind of tension mounting. And then she gave the comparison of read your Bible every day equals do 30 spells every moon phase and take professional photos of it. So she said that she began to doubt whether or not she had actually found a deep part of herself. And that like really struck me as interesting um, because my background, my religious background, I was raised Ukrainian Catholic and our parents were 
pretty casual about it. Like I did attend Catholic school from kindergarten to grade 12. And so I kind of have a little bit of experience in that religious realm of, you know, following uh, that faith, that path, um, or, or I guess I should say a similar one. And I had another conversation with um, someone that did used to uh, practice Christianity or be a part of Christianity. And she also shared that, you know, she, she had this feeling that this space, this witchy space felt very much so like being the perfect Christian, you know, you need to do so-and-so and she's seeing the same patterns that in order to be a, a true witch, you need to follow this, make sure you're not doing this, be critical of this, perform this way, and so on and so forth. So the feedback that I've gotten from people has been super interesting. And I probably, I never would have thought that it had any similar ties to religion, this, this space that's, you know, I think it seems very welcoming and uh, I guess there's a lot of freedom espoused in it. And so it's interesting to hear that people are having experiences where it feels like you have to practice in a certain way. You need to look a certain way to be a witch. So I totally get where they're coming from with this. You, you get into this space and, um, at first, when you're starting out, it's just fun, and you're you're exploring the uh, the practice or the craft or whatever you're into, um, and and then eventually you start wanting to improve and grow and develop. So you start looking at people who are, you know, um, for lack of a better word, I'm just going to say experts in their field. You you start to latch onto these um, pseudo mentors or um, fill-in mentors, and then you emulate them in a, in a sense, right? I mean, every student does. Everybody does this with things. I, I did it with photography. Um, but eventually, you're, you get to this point where you, you start thinking, oh, I have to do it this way, or it has to be like this. And you, it's more of a lifestyle thing. I, I see that a lot on Instagram. And that happened to me with my photography too, where um, like photo I've always done photography since I was little and I just did it for fun at first, you know, built little pinhole cameras, developed film in dark rooms and stuff. And it, it was just fun. I didn't, uh, I never thought about it as, as a profession or as something I had to do. It's just every once in a while, I'd pick up the camera and go shoot and, you know, I enjoyed it. And, uh, and then after I got into graphic design, it, it became more of a, more of a professional thing, right? Uh, started using it at work and started using it for clients. And, you know, you, you start following photographers and actually looking at works and, and comparing yourself. Uh, but there's all these influencers and stuff and they're constantly posting and they're constantly making all this stuff and, and they have a very specific aesthetic too that they use. And I found myself, I got really lost in trying to emulate them that I actually started to hate taking photos, which sucks because uh, it's, it's a really fun thing for me. And um, 
yeah, I kind of, I stepped away from it for a while. And then when I came back, I actually, I took down all my stuff that I didn't like. And I removed all my tags. Like I used to tag things and, you know, compare. I used to evaluate my photos based on how many likes I got or how many interactions I got with them. But I just took all that off and I only posted stuff that I really like. And it's a lot better that way, right? Like I'm not, I find now I'm not comparing myself to anybody because I'm not trying to get an audience. It's, it's more of a platform where I can just collect my work in one place and enjoy it. That's really interesting. And I don't think I completely knew that about the way that you use Instagram. So that is really cool of a story to share. And I like what you said about how, you know, you're building like this photo gallery that you really love and appreciate on there. Like it's about you. It's not about anyone else. Yeah. And I think that might be something that um, uh, your, your friends in the witchy community can relate to. Maybe they went, it sounds like that's what they went through is they, they started off, they started to enjoy it, but then it almost became like a job. Like there were, there were so many expectations around how they had to do it. Yeah. So I think when, like, I know when I first came into this, this witchy online space, um, yeah, I was really drawn to like the really big accounts that had like these gorgeous feeds. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, look at these like witches, like, look how cool they are. Look how good their practice looks like, oh my gosh, like one day I want to be at that point. And uh, I actually, after a couple months, as I was following these huge accounts, I was like, well, I don't really feel like I can connect with anyone, like, uh, like with any of those accounts, like the people behind them that were running them. I was like, their, their accounts are so big. I feel like my comments don't really matter because I'd try to reach out. I'd try to like DM people and say that I like appreciate their, their, uh, their content that they're sharing. And so <laughs> never getting a response kind of sucked, um, which is understandable. They get a lot if they have a huge platform. And uh, the other thing was that I actually started like really paying attention to the captions and what they were sharing. And it kind of felt really empty after a while. Like there wasn't actually any value in the information or things that they were writing in their captions. Like I kind of started to notice that it was more so about the photo and like hooking people. And then what they'd share for words was just kind of like, here's my spell, here's my whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, do you have something that I can like learn from? And then it's like, no. So I actually started removing a lot of those accounts that I followed. And I honestly, I forgot that I had followed a lot of the same accounts that I know uh, some of my friends on there follow now. And uh, because I've, I've really loved following like smaller accounts because you can actually connect with people like have conversations and people are super interesting when you can connect with somebody that isn't being bombarded by messages all the time because they have so many followers so that's something that I've really enjoyed yeah and I feel like the smaller accounts too 
are more um the smaller accounts are more focused on on doing it for for the passion of it uh i remember this is sounds ridiculous but there's a photographer on on youtube that i found and i just i was researching a specific camera and he did like a little review and he just went out and uh and documented an outing with his family and it was really nice it was like it, it was more um what's the word i want to use um it was it was intimate which is kind of the point of that camera it's a smaller camera uh, it's like pocket size but it's nice little fuji film x100v and i wanted something where i could take photos of my friends and family without shoving like a massive lens in their face <laughs> making them uncomfortable um, <laughs> so i i started to follow this guy on instagram and and i watch his youtube videos and stuff just because they're 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 good right but he's only got like two thousand followers or something but i feel like his work is more compelling and the conversations that he has around photography are more compelling than the larger accounts who are trying to hit all their metrics you know where they're like oh and i need to hit like a minimum number of views so what's going to be the most clickbaity thing that i can record yeah and you know it's actually interesting that you say that with like the clickbaity content um, because I was, I was looking back and I, I like, I keep an eye on my metrics just cause I'm curious and everything, like I post a mixture of like books and like nature and there's witchier stuff. Like definitely like there's stuff from my altar and like witchier things like, uh, tarot, like divination tools, stuff like that. And those ones are always like through the roof for clicks and comments and stuff like that so they definitely get a lot of traction and I'm aware of it more so than than the other just kind of like everyday stuff which is fine it's just I think it's important to note as somebody on the platform it's like if you're if you're posting stuff that definitely looks witchier and you're a witch on Instagram it's probably going to get a lot more traction. Oh, yeah. And it, yeah, there's nothing like that little hit of dopamine when you get like a ton of likes oh, and comments yeah. <laughs> on a post and you're just like, yeah. Yeah. But I think too, it's, you get, it's good to be aware of why you're making the content. Um, oh, and, absolutely. Yeah. And, and just even if you're not getting a lot of, a lot of interactions like I don't use hashtags anymore so I mean I I don't really get a lot of of traction outside of the people that I'm pretty close to like mm -hmm. people I know on Instagram and stuff um, which is fine that it's not important to me anymore I think if I want to push my photography I would do it through a professional platform but I think it's just focusing on um, doing it because you enjoy it, right? And and not setting the standard of how somebody else does the practice to to how you're going to do it. Like maybe maybe you like doing something a, a different way, or maybe you need to DIY a lot of your stuff. <laughs> I don't know about how spells work or how you guys set that up, or you know, 
specific altars. I know that there's like specific ingredients and recipes for some of the things that you guys do, but uh, I mean, maybe you, maybe you just have like a little makeshift cabinet for your altar and it's not like made out of a specific type of wood or something. Yeah. So I really love what you said about being aware of what you're posting. And I think that comes into play too with what you're saying with hashtags and like hashtags are a way to, you know, like get your content out to uh, specific people. Like, you know, you, you look at, the hashtags that you're using and maybe you want to um try to get your content in a place where uh, a specific type of witch or a, a practice that they do um will see it and i think that's really good in the sense that people try to use hashtags in a way that they're trying to connect with other like-minded people like there's so many times where i've used certain ones and then there's new people that kind of come into my space and then I connect with those people so I don't think hashtags are always bad um I don't really know if I'd say that they're bad I'm just saying I think there's more to them than just trying to use them to market your content for the sake of marketing it they're used also to especially in these witchy spaces to connect with other people like you're, tr- you're trying to like find other people that have similar interests to you through hashtags. Oh yeah. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't trying to demonize hashtagging or, or marketing or even growing your account. Like if that's your goal, then I mean, you gotta, you gotta get to know those tools and figure out how to use them. Right. What I was getting at is that uh, I guess, uh, I guess a good word for it would be burnout. Like I started to experience burnout when all I cared about was do I have the right hashtag? Is this a poppy photo? Is this what people are looking for on Instagram? You know, I started to forget why I was doing photography and I, I saw that the type of photography that I was taking was, it, it wasn't coming out the way that like the things that I am attracted to in photography. Like I like, isolated things and um i like taking pictures of of moments and moods like and try to convey emotions but i also don't like taking pictures of people <laughs> which is a weird thing so i try to find that in in landscapes and objects and and little beams of light coming through the window so those are the things that i enjoyed taking in photography but i found when i was more focused on being like influencers and being like the people who are doing really well on these platforms. I was just trying to create the same content that they were. And it was, it was draining me creatively. So I wanted to maybe get into, you know, as we're going into this conversation, something that came up conversations that I had with other practitioners before getting into recording this episode, a lot, of confusion surrounds the definition of a witch there's a lot of confusion about what it actually means and people are having a hard time concretely defining that so maybe before we get into kind of the juicy parts of the episode we could talk about that yeah maybe you want to define like the witchy community 
space to me. I mean, what is the criteria for being a witch? (laughs) Oh, let me tell you. (laughs) Can I be a witch? Or would I be a warlock? In uh, in online spaces now, which is which is uh, kind of for anyone. I guess I'd be a wizard then, right? Like Harry Potter. <laughs> if honestly, I kind of have a live and let live. So whatever you want to call yourself, it's cool. I'm I'm just gonna stick to being a photographer. <laughs> I like that. It sounds good. But uh, yeah, no, I have some ones in here, and I think you'll enjoy my last one okay maybe it maybe it defines me but um yeah so I was trying to gather as many definitions of a witch as possible uh, because so many people have so many different ideas of what it means to be a witch and I mean you can go on to any of your standard dictionary dot coms or whatever and uh Often you'll get like the the pointy hat, evil powers, stuff like that. Um, kind of like the older impressions of which. So not so much modern. Um, definitely not what we'd consider as a witch on these like online spaces. So I thought I'd pull some. I have a handful of definitions here that are really interesting and they're so diverse. So I think that's really cool before we get into... Um, the other parts of this episode. So I'll just read them out. So the first one I have here is any person who employs rituals or practices to seek an end, whether that means through magic, meditation, a curse, etc. There's someone who reveres pagan gods. There's a journey of self-discovery that also binds you to nature and the sanctity of it. There's someone that hones personal discipline in a certain way to achieve psychic ends. People who harness the energies of the world for good or bad. Someone who values intuition and self-expression. A healer connected to spirit world and earth. A person with supernatural powers and a command of natural magic. And I think you'll, (laughs) probably all of you will enjoy this one. Long-haired lesbians with bohemian fashion sense or an Etsy skull ring collector. That was creative. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so as i'm going through this so i couldn't help but notice that there's so many diverse ways of defining a witch um especially you know it ranges from having to do with spirits and the natural world and uh specific gods deities and then all the way to aesthetics so there's no real pinpoint on what it means to be a witch, which is very interesting. So I think that matters as we go into this conversation, because I know further into when people are comparing themselves, there's this, what does it mean to be a true witch? And I don't know, I feel like I kind of have a hang up on the word true there when it comes to what a true witch is because everybody's definition of their practice is so different and that's so interesting to me but it matters in these spaces because everybody's kind of trying to scrabble around figure out 
their identity as a witch and that's getting confused when they're comparing themselves to others. So that's interesting to know as we go forward. Well, yeah. Um, it's interesting that, uh, that one of those definitions was, was the aesthetic. I mean, what do you, when you think of a witch, Sarah, what, what do you picture in your mind? <laughs> I like this question. I was thinking about this actually, because I, I had gone through all those and I was like, you know what, have I ever like really defined it for myself? And, you know, I, when I think of myself, like, I don't really care how someone practices what they're doing. It's not my practice. So do what you want. That's kind of my feelings on it. But to me, like, I'm very much so into books, reading, research, stuff like that. And I have a love for nature. It's very, very important to me, especially getting out every day and just being in nature. So to me, that's a really big part of my personal practice. And then on the other hand, I really align with like self-discovery, introspection, like understanding who I am on a deeper level. And so I don't know how that really relates to other people's ideas of what a witch is, but that's kind of how I feel with mine. And I'm very interested in my brain and how it works. But I don't know if that would be really considered witchcraft. But to me, it is a part of my like total spirituality. And that is, I don't know, kind of how I bring it all back to the term witch. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I think it's uh, it's a goal of anyone with a practice or a craft to to kind of use that as an outlet to figure out who they are, uh, to learn more about themselves. Um, that use actually before photography or art or design or anything like that. For me, martial arts was a really really big. Uh, way for me to to look inward on myself right it it uh I think at the time when I was practicing martial arts it was more of um like an outlet for frustrations and and insecurities and building confidence and so that that really helped me with that practice and then eventually I just you know I got into other stuff but uh yeah, that, that kind of stuck out to me when you said it's it's more about figuring out who you are and, and what's important to you and, and uh, looking inwards on that stuff in your practice. And obviously that's actually, to me, from an outside perspective, it seems like it'd be easier to to get into those thought spaces, with especially with things like tarot readings. I find those super interesting because uh, you can interpret that interpret those cards very differently based on your experiences right it makes you think like well, how, what does this what does this card mean to me and, and how do I think this is going to influence my life or how does this relate to what's been going on with my life your your practice is a good way to whatever your craft is whatever your practice is it's a good way to to learn more about yourself through it right and if that's if that's your goal it's it's great 
um, I think you should practice whatever your craft is in a way that's most fulfilling to you, right? Yeah, and I think that can kind of get muddied when we come on to these online spaces, especially, you know, I mean, we're talking about witchcraft, so witchcraft spaces, and you're, you're going about practicing your spirituality or, you know, whatever you want to call it, your witchcraft, and you've got everybody else on there practicing their version of what that is. And, you know, of course, you're going to make comparisons, you're going to wonder, am I doing my stuff right? Especially if you're new to these spaces, I think it can definitely feel like, oh my goodness, like I have so much to learn and this person looks like they know what they're talking about. So I'm going to follow them. And you might disagree with a lot of what they say or not really vibe with it because of the way you practice. But like you were saying, it can kind of feel like you you need to start doing stuff that way in order to be legitimate as a practitioner as a like you were saying photographer stuff like that yeah like if my if my content doesn't look like theirs am I actually a a photographer you know in your case like are you actually a witch if you're not if you don't have 17 candles on your altar and you just have one (laughs) I don't know 16 candles 16 Uh, candles yeah and eating a birthday cake on your altar with your love (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's, there's lots of ways that you can get lost in, in comparing yourself to, to other people and and what they're doing and then feeling like what you do isn't, isn't legitimate. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. um, I guess like when I think of like witchcraft, I think of spirituality. I don't know if that really aligns with, with other people, but I also think you know, there's so many definitions for what a witch is. And then you have everybody's different definitions of what spirituality is, like what spirituality means to them. And so when you, when you put two of those together, like you can have infinite combinations of what being a witch or what spirituality means to people. And so in these spaces, you know, whenever I see, you know, this is what a true witch is, I'm like, okay, cut the crap come on (laughs) well yeah i mean i just take a look at examples of how witches are described in mythology and across different cultures um but then obviously there's the the generic you know green witch from the wizard of oz or um you know the disney witches from like sleeping beauty you got what what's her name maleficent yeah maleficent maleficent um recently portrayed by angelina jolie and uh, yeah i didn't see that movie but i i know that she played maleficent um they did some crazy things to their cheekbones (laughs) they sure did Yeah. yeah it's like wow but um yeah it's i think there there's a lot of different ways to to think about it and uh, I think the most important way to look at it is is from your own point of view like what if you identify as a witch um what what kind of witch do you want to be I guess and focus on that and then implement that into your practice if I was going to pull that as an example from photography it's like well do you want to be a documentary photographer do you want to be 
a portrait photographer? Do you want to focus on fashion? Do you want to do boudoir? That sounds really uncomfortable, but hey, you do you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The way that I identify as a photographer is, is capturing moments that that I see that other people might not, you know, and like, and sharing that, uh, that creative eye with people saying like, Hey, maybe you, you didn't look down at this, this like little patch of light or this pattern that's shining through the fence or something. And it, it kind of creates invokes a feeling or an emotion. And for me, that's, what's fulfilling about photography. So I think if you want to define, um, what is a witch or what is witchcraft, you have to identify what it means to you first and then just follow that yeah oh I love what you said about capturing moments um but yeah and it kind of you know when you say what what's um what kind of witch do you want to be like it kind of exists in these online spaces there's um there's like different types of like witchcraft to practice and some people choose very specific paths you know there's um like you were saying i think you said green witchcraft um there's you know what you can be more focused on astrology or maybe you really love making things in the kitchen and that feels like really witchy and just like gets you in that groove of like feeling like that's a ritual or like something that's really important to you in your practice so you know i think it's it's really cool when people can kind of find something that feels right for them and you know that doesn't have to be something super specific like I I would honestly encourage people to kind of dabble and figure out you know what feels right to you because it is so personal I would hope that that people don't feel super tied to one single thing like they can't branch out um but yeah yeah there's nothing like shoeboxing yourself into into a specific label and then hating it (laughs) yeah totally wow i think we've kind of wrapped up that part of the podcast um so maybe we could get into you know ways in which people compare themselves and um kind of give our two cents from what we know on marketing and branding and you know we've both been in spaces where we have to market people's businesses online and the things that people can do in that situation, basically to make it seem like they are always producing content. So we're going to, we're going to break down some, some secrets about how people produce content. when it comes to sharing your practice online, like a lot of it is very personal and people don't want to share everything that they do. Like I know I have boundaries myself when it comes to what I share on social media. Like I don't talk about uh, to anyone um, like, you know, not even you or my wife about spell work that I do. Like that is completely personal. It will never touch social media. There is nothing wrong with not sharing your practice on social media full stop <laughs> full stop full stop. that's it i want to i want to make that point um and that's something that came up in some other comments that i got um that i think is really important you know like 
to come on these spaces and interact as yourself, as a practicing witch, or however you want to identify um, your spiritual practice or whatever you want to call it, there there is no reason why anybody ever needs to share anything. You can come on and you can post nothing, maybe a photo of your cat, and that's it. That's all you have on your account. It doesn't. It is not a measure of your legitimacy of being a witch on these spaces. Maybe it just means that you interact more in other spaces on other people's pages or their stories or in their um, messages, DMs. But it, it, it's not a reflection of your practice or how legitimate your practice is. So, Sarah, we've been talking a lot about, um, you know, accounts and comparing ourselves to to accounts, especially when we're developing our crafts. And one thing I want to get your opinion on that sticks out to me is uh, the the way that we perceive those accounts or our own accounts based on metrics like likes and follows and and you know how many people do you have like the numbers in social media and. The reason I bring this up is because earlier you were talking about our experience in branding and marketing and, and design and how we, we've we uh, worked to influence numbers for clients in those areas. And, uh, you know, that's the, the term for that in, in the design industry is uh, perceived value. So I know there are some accounts that they purchase followers and, or and then there's other accounts that have a lot of followers but because they have such a large following or they their posts have such huge likes they're perceived as more knowledgeable or more valuable and i think that really contributes how we perceive those accounts that we follow and then in reflection how we perceive our own accounts or how we perceive our own practices what do you think about that yeah, so I love what you said. And I think a lot of what I've heard from others and what I think myself when it comes to this witchy space online is that when we see these huge accounts with like huge, I'm talking like massive um, followings, it's hard not to kind of feel that they are an authority on whatever they're talking about and that they they have that legitimacy of they know what they're saying, they know what they're doing, I should be following this person because they're obviously doing something right, that they're attracting such a large number of people to be a part of their, their space, their crowd, whatever you want to call it. And so it's hard not to also compare your following to them and kind of feel like, well, I don't really know what I'm doing here and I want to connect with people, but I also feel like that number is so important. And to look at that and be like, well, I don't, I don't really feel like I'm, I'm reach, reaching many people. And, you know, does that reflect on me and what I post? And I think it, it can kind of become this spiral of comparison for sure uh, to these large accounts. Yeah, <laughs> spiral is a good, a good term for it. And I think it's some, something I can relate to personally. And I, I went through that with... Um, uh, with my web comic when I was uh, when I was doing comics back when we first met, and I was really involved in that in the web comic circuit and Comic Con and all that stuff, and comparing 
my metrics to to others and you know all that stuff and and even my photography later on after i i got more into the design space and that's one of the reasons that i i took everything down i i deleted i i deleted my instagram account i started a new one i removed all my hashtags because for me personally i i got way too focused on follower accounts and 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 likes and and it it made me feel like uh, i can't i can't do this i can't be a photographer i can't i can't be a designer i can't be a, a an artist because i don't have all these people but um yeah once i got out of that headspace and just started doing it for me you know i i, I found the passion in it again and, and i'm doing it a lot more than i was before actually and i'm not getting that burnout from it that's awesome. And I'm, I'm glad that you're not getting that burnout because I, I think it's really um, real. And I empathize with people that come into this space and they're like really focused on those numbers. Like I know I was when I first came into it, I was like, well, okay, like let's work on getting a hundred followers. Okay. 200. That's cool. And it just goes on. And uh, after a while I was kind of like, what, what does this number even mean? I mean, you know, there's tons of people that follow me that I've never talked to, probably never will. And I've kind of, I've stopped focusing on the number so much and started focusing on who do I actually know in my space? Who do I feel like I can talk to um, about things that I care about that, you know, we share similarities on? Like, that's what I've become more focused on. And I think it would be really cool if that becomes more of a focus rather than the metrics, the numbers of being feeling like you need to post all the time and get followers and just like keep climbing those numbers, whether it's comments, likes, etc. So I think I think that's that's something to take away. Yeah. And and flipping your perspective from focusing on the numbers to if if you focus on the craft, I mean that and that's what builds the numbers. It's just, it's just going to be a lot. Uh, I think you'd be more successful if, if that's how you blow up, you know, <laughs> for lack of a better word. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I like on top of that, I feel like you have way more genuine connection with the people that you have in your following or that you're, that you're following, you know, that you interact with. I think that's way more valuable than any number that's out there. I think the way that we can approach this is we can talk about, you know, Hey, do you like maybe as which you want to improve your own, it's not a bad thing to want to improve your online platform. Right. You know, improve I like your that. stuff. And, uh, and you just say like, here's some tips, you know, and some things that can make your life easier. Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing they can do too, is a lot of, a lot of accounts, what they'll do is they'll reshare old content too. Oh, all the time. (laughs) I was scrolling through like a lot of the big accounts today and I was like, wow, they reuse photos a lot. And because their aesthetic and their feed is so consistent because of filters, it just blends together. Like you don't even notice. All right, Sarah. So we, we've been talking a lot about how, how online platforms can, can influence us and influence our perception of our, of our craft or practice and, and how some of these bigger accounts um, 
they can they can look like they're trying to sell you a lifestyle and and you can get that could be pretty distracting right but it's not terrible to want to improve your online presence and improve your practice and 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 you know and make it more get a sense of fulfillment from from something like Instagram so maybe we could talk about how some of these bigger accounts or even how how smaller accounts or or how you put together your content and uh and make your life easier cuz it's it might look like you're posting all the time but you're not right right yeah so and kind of to spin off of that posting all the time i do post very regularly i think it's more so um am i practicing all the time you know am i doing something every day that's related to my witchcraft my spirituality stuff like that so i did want to share um how i personally create content and i don't care who knows it because i think this is a conversation that needs to be had and we're going to get into um you know i mean ways that people other people produce their content you know a lot of what i see from big accounts is that they do have a creative background and just like you and me we we have an education in creating things to post on social media things that look good we know how to make things look aesthetically pleasing that's just a part of our education and so you know when i first started posting i was like well you know like this is a photography platform people are sharing their photos i really love doing this i'm going to take nice photos and then you know i've learned as i've gone on into um, talking with people that it kind of creates this like illusion of are you actually practicing every day so i want to get into how i create content <laughs> and i mean people might not like it that's totally fine um but i think it's important to talk about so when i create content for social media i think it's important also to know that i have editing software that is professional that i pay for a very hefty sum every month <laughs> which is not fun because i know that you Ethan you use the same stuff we uh we damn have the same program <laughs> yeah damn you adobe but we pay usd too right You've, it's in usd too so <laughs> yeah so for us canadian folks you know it's a uh, it's it's a hefty amount um but we do pay quite a bit of money for the photo editing software that we use and with that we do have uh, presets and filters that come along with that or we can purchase them as well and then use those on our photos so it can make your life a lot easier and and just know that uh it's tricky like those filters don't work with every photo so you have to kind of get to know your style of content creation and figure out what works for you so it's a bit of a trial and error you know like i don't know if you if you had any issues with filters when you when you use them but uh have you yeah absolutely um like when it comes to lighting um that was a big thing when i when i started taking photos because i really like and i've always myself personally my style has always been very like dark maybe a little grungy rough around the edges like not in the territory of goth, 
but you know, just like heavy, heavy black and contrast stuff like that. Like I really like kind of that like spooky old bookstore look. Um, so that's very much so like, uh, like an extension of me. And I really like kind of expressing that through the photos that I put on social media. Cause it feels like, you know, like that's, that's a part of me that I'm sharing uh, visually. <laughs> that sounds kind of weird, but I'm going to leave that in. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how I feel about the, the photos that I post. Um, but yeah, when it comes to, to filters, um, you know, when I, when I had posted on social media before, not related to uh, my account Magically Mundane, I always kind of felt like my photos were falling flat a little bit and they didn't get very much traction. And I always had a really hard time um, putting photos out that I felt proud of. Like it felt like they were just kind of like blah. I wasn't really happy with them. So I think yeah, they're just like there. <laughs> yeah, like for me, I really love um, like creating that consistency for myself personally. And that's not a dig on anybody else for sure. But for myself, like I really enjoy that process of like putting together those colors and stuff. It's just fulfilling to me as a, as a creative person on this platform. So I really enjoy that part. Yeah. And I think it's important to, to point out too. It's, it's not like a filter is going to magically fix your photo. And, and even when you started out with, um, with your other, your art account and stuff, I know you played with a few different styles of filters until you found an aesthetic that fit that platform. And then same thing with your magically mundane platform. I remember going back and forth with you with a couple different edits in some of your earlier photos and, you know, riffing back and forth and like, Oh, you know, like what are the, these colors are great. Or I really like this and this is moody and, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, if you guys who are listening are, are thinking, man, why doesn't my stuff look like this? This is the way I want it to look. Just keep at it. You'll, you'll get it. I mean, and you might even find something different that works better for you. If that makes sense. Yeah. And again, on that whole like extension of yourself, like if you're putting stuff online, like I think it's, it's very personal to you. Um, maybe if, if you see it that way, you know, you're sharing this, this part of your practice or whatever that is, or maybe it is just something more mundane, you know, your cup of coffee, your morning routine, your tarot pull. So we're going to bring it back around because we kind of got off topic there. But uh, I wanted to talk about how batching content is something that exists. And I don't know if anybody listening to that has ever heard of it. Maybe if you do work in social media, you've heard of it, because I know that some of you do. Um, but batching content is a huge thing that can happen when you're producing content and it saves you a lot of time gives you consistent photos and overall it makes posting way easier because you have this bank built up of photos that you've taken so when it comes to my personal content the way that i like to produce content for my Instagram is that I will spend usually a day to sometimes three days and I'll go in with a huge plan of 
this is kind of the idea of the topics that I want to talk about for the next month or so. And these are the kind of photos that I want to capture along with those topics. And even though there's like kind of this plan in place, I still try to keep it very loose and natural and just kind of see if things that I put together, um, if they feel right or if I like them when it, when it comes to um, how they compare to the topics. So on top of batching content, taking those day to two to three days to, to put together a whole entire bank of images, I also have just like completely filled my phone with photos. I'm always taking photos. Like Ethan was saying way earlier in the episode, capturing little moments that other people maybe wouldn't otherwise notice. Like, uh, you know, the way that light hits things. I was thinking even today, I was standing in my kitchen and the dishwater that was in a dirty pot was like reflecting onto the ceiling and I was like, oh, that's really cool. That would be a sweet photo or a video. Like, I, I'm always trying to see where I can capture just, like, those little moments. So, aside from batching content, I pepper in all the time just photos that I really love that I've just taken on a whim where I just notice something that's really beautiful and I want to share that. And it just kind of fits with everything else that I've done. So I think it's important to know that, you know, when you are scrolling and you see content from these huge accounts that have these aesthetically pleasing feeds, not everything is taken in that moment on that day. And it is not always a true reflection of how often they're practicing. Absolutely not. And I, I know that I'm not the only one that does their content like this because the reality is, I, I, and if, if this is your reality, then that's awesome that you have time to take photos all the time. But I don't personally want to be taking photos every single day of what I'm doing. It's too much. It's just too much. And I think that's kind of where this, this illusion comes from that people are practicing all the time. It's like, oh my gosh, like they've done a tarot pull today. And then they went out and stared at the moon and then they took like this really cool bath that was full of like herbs and stuff and they've posted all this stuff today it's like that is that is just not the reality of it a lot of times it's not to say that it isn't for some people maybe some people have that intensity with their practice and they're open to sharing that and that's totally fine i'm just saying be very careful about the way that you perceive content on social media when you're scrolling through your feeds of all these witchy people yeah i really like the way that you put that it's uh it's easy to get lost and swept up in in the reality of social media when it's usually not the case like you said you like to plan out your content which is you know that's something that i do with the stuff that i post too is actually i can't tell you how much content i've made or how many photos I've taken, or how many designs I've done, even like art that I've drawn, and never posted it, never done it. I've never even showed people most of the, the work that I do, right? But what I'll do is, is uh, sometimes I'll plan out, I know, with work I plan out everything, 
you have to, you have to batch content. And usually that content is spread out over a month, like a whole month. So you do everything at once. You figure out, you know, what do you, what do you need? What are the topics you want to cover? What are, do you need to set up your, your shoots or what kind of content do you need to pull together to make it all cohesive? So planning is really, if you want to go after that aesthetic feed, planning is a really good way to do it where you just, uh, you pump it all out in a day and then you, you release it slowly over time, you know, and it looks like they're doing it all at once, but they're not, you know, cause life happens. There's too much pressure to try to try to be that person 100% of the time, you know, and if those people exist, I haven't met them yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, I think this whole conversation is important and maybe I want to get your uh, opinion, actually. Do you think batching content makes it any less genuine when it is released? No. No, I mean, that's, I mean, it depends on how, how you approach it. Like if you, if you're intentionally misleading people to, to show them that your life is a specific way and it's not, then yeah, maybe. But uh, I mean, if you want to like, if you want to go for an aesthetic feed, if you want to batch that content out so that it comes out on time and you, you get that little dopamine hit of, of people liking your content, then no, that's fine. I mean, for me personally, I, I also enjoy grouping my content together. You know, like uh, I might want to do three to six photos at, of all blue hour shots. Um, for those of you who don't know what blue hours, it's a term in photography of when you take a photo just uh, either before sunrise or after sunset and everything kind of has this blue tinge to it. Like there's just a little bit of light, but everything's kind of blue. So, or if you want to do golden hour when the sun is rising or setting and you get that really soft glow, you know, it's, it maintains the aesthetic. Right. And I, I love grouping stuff like that together. Um, and for me, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just fulfilling. Like it's something I like to look at with my own work and, you don't have to worry about if, if, if you if, don't feel like an imposter, that's what you want to do. Right. But <laughs> if you're intentionally misleading people into thinking that's what your life is like, eh, maybe take a step back. Cause I would say, just consider how, how that's affecting people, you know, in their own, in their own uh, self-perception. Yeah. And like you said, I think maybe if people are, are sharing their stuff, um, releasing it because they've batched it and talking as if they've they've just been practicing like crazy and this is their life um and they their morning routine is every single day and their night routine of their chamomile tea and all that stuff is every single night like that is that's not reality folks it's just not um life happens and you know like you were saying capturing stuff at golden hour, you know, I can look at a sunset or a sunrise, a photo that you've taken. I don't really care to know what day it was taken on. I can still appreciate that seeing it because you took the time to go out there and take that. That's kind of like my take on 
photos. Um, you know, I think it, it it's more so like you said, the, the vibe that somebody gives off if they're like, you know, this is my life all the time. And maybe that comes off, you know, like I was saying, like I was very honest at the beginning of the episode, like I had no idea that's way that's the way that my content was being perceived. And I'm way more conscious to it now. And I think it's it's good that we're having this conversation because I, I hope that it kind of reshapes what some people think about what's out there on the witchy community for what people post and when they post and how often and stuff like that. Um, but I also wanted to get into, you know, we were talking about the reality of, you know, people don't have time usually to take so many photos every single day. And I think it's important to consider who is on the other end of that account that you're following. So when it comes to their life outside of social media, for example, me, Jess works really fucking hard and I work from home and we don't have kids. Like I have time to do this stuff. I have time to take photos of this stuff. Whereas somebody, you know, if they come onto this space and they're like, oh my gosh, this person has so many photos of like their craft and all this stuff. How do I even compare? That's a great point too, because even from photography standpoint or even a graphic design standpoint, um, there are a lot of people who are producing content, but they have that luxury because they're either, you know, very experienced in their craft and they work for themselves. So they have time to do that or um, they have certain uh, life privileges where they don't, that maybe they don't have a job or like you said, you don't have kids, um, things like that, you know, whereas somebody who might be getting into the practice works maybe two jobs and, and can't really take time to, to put together all that content, but what they can do is digest it and then try to, um, perform some of it, you know? Mm -hmm. So maybe not evaluating yourself based off of the content that you put on social media, but evaluating yourself based on the fulfillment that you get from your practice. I don't think we get a lot of that when we're just scrolling through people's feeds. Like you have no idea really other than what they're open to sharing, what their life is like outside of this online space. So I think it's really easy to get caught up in, you know, this, this person has all this time to practice and they have all this time to take these professional photos and their life is just this perfect conglomeration of their practice and they just know what they're doing. They know what they're saying and everything just like flows so well for them. And I think it's so easy to get caught up in like that fantasy of this person is just living this magical life all the time. And it's just not true. Like life gets in the way. Not that it gets in the way, I should say. It it happens, you know. <laughs> we, uh, maybe maybe some people feel it, it gets in the way. You know, it's like what what else is going on outside of social media of this space where, you know, it can it can very much so look like people have all of this time when it's just not true. Yeah, I think the key takeaway is um, try not to get swept up in what you see online and don't let uh, don't let it influence your self-perception. Don't let it uh, get in the way of, of doing it, 
for the reasons that you want to do it. Right. You want to, don't let it define you, define yourself, figure out <laughs> why, why you do what you do, what makes you happy, what's fulfilling about it and just stick to that. And if you want to go for that lifestyle account and you want to post that aesthetic board, then yeah, do that too. And if you have to cheat a little bit, that's fine, but be honest about it, you know? Um, I liked how you jumped into that lifestyle and I, I kind of want to wrap up with that. Um, and I, I want it, I want to relate it cause I know that it was a big point that people brought up to me that, you know, when people are like following these people and they're like, well, you know, also buy my book or my spell or my candle, but this is what a real witch looks like. You need to buy my stuff. I have this are camera. I'm a professional now. Yeah. yeah do you actually that might be a good point like have you ever gotten that where you're kind of really drawn into purchasing a camera solely for the way that that person edits their photos takes their photos that camera can only produce that kind of content oh yeah yeah 100 percent. it's um it's quite easy to think that you need all the stuff to be like a professional in what you're doing or to be good at what you're doing, right? It's uh, people forget uh, that you you can you can do the same stuff with with cheaper cheaper equipment or cheaper products, and and you can get similar results. Uh, I got really swept up in in uh, in gear when I was starting out too. Like when I started to get serious with photography, I was like, oh, I need I need all these lights. I need I need all I need this backpack. I need uh, I need this specific camera. I need these specific lenses, you know, and it really gets in the way of you actually doing the thing, you know, it got in the way of me taking photos. I, I found myself saying, Oh, I can't, I can't take these types of photos yet. I don't have this thing when really you, you can't, you don't need that thing <laughs> or, or you can find a cheaper version of that thing and it, people won't be able to tell the only the only way they'll know is if you tell them or if it's really bad but i mean you'll get better with practice so just get to the point where they can't tell yeah i really like that and actually it reminds me of um something that i read a while ago um how there's a lot of aspiring writers out there that would rather go to a lecture on how to write than sit down and write yeah right <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, like in terms of uh, having all these things, you know, these um, I know that there's a lot of accounts out there that are, you know, touting that this is what a real witch looks like. If you don't look like this, then your practice is not legitimate. Also, um, make sure that you buy my book, my spell, my candle, whatever they're selling. And in that way, it can very much so come off of, you know, they're they're hooking you in with their products and then also selling to you the lifestyle so through whatever photos that they're sharing you know it can be very easy to feel like you have to buy what they're selling to be a true witch a true practitioner um something really interesting that i heard today while i was listening to another spirituality podcast was the the hosts were saying see what someone says 
and then see what they sell. So one of the biggest ways that I can tie this into the witch community that I saw recently was um, someone had posted about how you can incorporate more tarot into your day. So <laughs> I'm sure that you can guess what they sell tarot as cards. a surface. They sell tarot readings. Oh, so close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I think it's, it's important to, to notice that, you know, if somebody is telling you, you need to do so many tarot card pulls in a day, this was more of a suggestion. I shouldn't dig that much. Um, but, you know, be, be aware of what, what people are saying in their content. You know, I think it's important to notice what people say and again, what they sell. Yeah, totally. And um, I'd say that's not to say that you shouldn't, you know, shouldn't buy anything from people or accounts that you follow. I mean, I, I would personally look for look at it as a way if you're going to make a purchase from an account online um, for whatever reason, like like in my case, it would be a photographer throws up an affiliate link like, oh, here's here's the backpack I use and if you guys, this is what I think about it. If you like it, you can use this link and it'll give me a kickback. I, I really like when they're honest about it. And if I, if I have, if there's an account that I'm following or a creator that I'm following and I feel like I want to support them in a way, but it, I can benefit from it too. Like a, if I can buy like a, an ebook or, or something like that, I think that's, that's fine. But when they get to the point of like, you need this to do this, that's, I think that's something you got to look out for. Yeah, it becomes a little bit too demanding, I think, on uh, on your personal practice. I mean, everybody everybody's practice looks different from another. So when you're when you've got somebody saying, you know, this you you need this for sure to to go on with your practice, I think it's a little a little suspect. Um, a little sus. A little sus. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode, and I wanted to give a shout out and a big thank you to everyone that I had conversations with this past week before we recorded this episode. Your words and your honest thoughts about things that you're noticing in the witchcraft community definitely contributed a lot to this conversation, so thank you so much. I really appreciate it. So I also wanted to offer some takeaways from today's conversation, and the first one is is that it's not bad to want to improve your content or grow your following at all. This is a platform for engaging with others, and so if you can get a sense of fulfillment out of it too, while sharing what's comfortable for you, then that's awesome and you shouldn't feel like a bad person for wanting that. Maybe take some time to reflect on defining witchcraft for yourself, so that when you do come on to this space and you find yourself comparing yourself to others, that you can go back and ground yourself in what's most important to you personally and what you believe. Let's also be very careful about what we think someone's life is like all the time. Social media is absolutely a highlight reel, as honest as we can get on here too. We still keep things private, and people will not get a full picture of what our life is like outside of this space. 
Also, not everything needs to be up for sharing. And please don't feel like you need to cross boundaries that don't feel right for you and your practice when it comes to sharing on social media. I don't practice every day. And just like me, people have other responsibilities and interests outside of online witchcraft. So it's good to keep in mind that although they may seem like they're always practicing, life just ebbs and flows. And we all have different privileges and time and skill sets, which impacts what and how we share on these spaces. I've also dropped some resources in the podcast description for you, and it involves photo editing tools and filters. Uh, some of them are free. Some of them have like a small subscription fee. So check those out if you are interested in doing any sort of photo editing outside of the things that Instagram offers. Thanks, everybody. Take care.